Tonight's episode of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast is not really dedicated, but I do have a fond memory of watching Dr. Strangelove with my grandfather, who is gone. And he was, I don't think, 80 yet. And I remember we were watching it on TCM, and he was like, hey, in that patent? Yeah. And he's just laughing. I've often said, you know someone is really into it humor-wise, when you can see the fillings in their teeth. And you can see his fillings, and he's just cackling away. So tonight's episode, I've, I've talked about Dr. Strangelove before, but we're going to just focus on those three characters that Peter Sellers played so brilliantly. Dr. Strangelove, uh, President Merkin Muffley, and Captain Mandrake. Enjoy tonight's show. Good evening. Now, I have already done an episode months ago about Dr. Strangelove. But it is comedy January. January comedies. And I thought, you know what? It's a legendary film. It's uh, 57 years old. It's a dark satire comedy where Peter Sellers is playing... Not one, but three characters. Was nominated for an Oscar. Didn't win. He lost to Rex Harrison of My Fair Lady. Yeah. Isn't that a travesty right there? I know a lot of you love My Fair Lady, but I'm sorry. You're going to give the Oscar to Rex Harrison over Peter Sellers playing three characters. And and not just any characters. I mean, let, let's let's look at these characters that... Peter Seller. Peter Seller- Sellers never won the Oscar. That's sad. But you know what? I don't think it rained on his parade. Peter Sellers. Dr. Strangelove. I mean, the list alone, you've got Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Sterling Hayden, and Slim Pickens. Yeah, and we know, and we and if you've seen Dr. Strangelove, you know what happens to Slim Pickens. What 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 a name, huh? The story concerns an unhinged United States Air Force general who orders a first nuclear strike attack on the Soviet Union. It separately follows the President of the United States, his advisors, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and a Royal Air Force exchange officer as they attempt to prevent the crew of a B-52 plane who were ordered by the general from nuking the Soviets and starting an atomic holocaust. That's from 1964. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick didn't make a lot of comedies. He, I mean, the list of the films that Stanley Kubrick made are legendary. Dr. Strangelove is just one of those films written by Kubrick, Terry Southern, and Peter George. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. You know... With the lights, that's always a thing in a Kubrick film is the lights. Even in a black and white, like Dr. Strangelove. Here's Peter Sellers right here. Group Captain Lionel Mandrake, a British RAF exchange officer, President Merkin Muffley, the President of the United States, and Dr. Strangelove, the wheelchair-bound nuclear war expert and former Nazi. Yes, yeah. Interesting, isn't it? We've talked about this before, but it doesn't hurt because we're going to go in depth 
to those three characters that Peter Sellers played. So this is basically Doctor Strange Love and the other two characters. Doctor Strange Love is a dark comedy. This is not, you know, um this is not an SNL episode. They I, they couldn't even parody that on here. But mm, this is a this is a legendary moment. I suppose it never occurred to you that while we're chatting here so enjoyably, a decision is being made by the president and the Joint Chiefs in the war room at the Pentagon. And when they realize there is no possibility of recalling the wing, there will be only one course of action open. Total commitment. Mandrake, do you recall what Clemenceau once said about war? Uh, no, I didn't think I knew that, yeah. He said war was too important to be left to the generals. When he said that, 50 years ago, he might have been right. But today, war is too important to be left to politicians. They have neither the time, the training, nor the inclination for strategic thought. I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, communist subversion, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. That is a legendary moment. The precious bodily fluids. And he's not talking about apple juice, now is he? And of course, the president, also played by Peter Sellers. Hello? Uh, hello, De- hello, Dimitri. Listen, I-, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, oh that's much better. <laughs> yes. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Mandrake. Yes, Dad? Have you ever seen a commie drink a glass of water? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can't say I have. That's it. Why should you build such a thing? There are those of us who fought against it, but in the end, we could not keep up with the expense involved in the arms race, the space race, and the peace race. And at the same time, our people grumbled for more nylons and washing machines. Our doomsday scheme cost us just a small fraction of what we've been spending on defense in a single year. But the deciding factor was when we learned that your country was working along similar lines, and we were afraid of a doomsday gap. This is preposterous. I've never approved of anything like that. Our source was the New York Times. Dr. Strangelove, do we have anything like that in the works? A moment, please, Mr. President. Under the authority granted me as Director of Weapons Research and Development, I commissioned 
last year a study of this project by the Vlend Corporation. Based on the findings of the report, my conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent for reasons which at this moment must be all too obvious. Then you mean it is possible for them to have built such a thing? Mr. President, the technology required is easily within the means of even the smallest... Now, here's the eerie thing. He's playing against himself because he's playing the president who turns to talk to Dr. Strangelove, whom Peter Sellers is also playing. How did they pull that shit off? Well, we all wonder. Meanwhile, you have Sterling Hayden talking to Mandrake. Those three integral characters played all brilliantly by Peter Sellers. Only Stanley Kubrick could get that kind of madness out in the open. This is a legendary comedy. In the last one, I didn't have these clips at my disposal. It's programmed into a tape memory bank. A single roll of shape can store all the information. What kind of a name is that? That ain't no crowd name, is it? You changed it when you became a citizen. It used to be like Vectic Lieber. A crowd by any other name, I think. Is that the whole point of the Doomsday Machine is lost? If you keep it a secret, why didn't you tell the world, eh? It was to be announced at the party congress on Monday. As you know, the premier loves surprises. And of course, that's premier kiss-off. Dr. Strangelove, a legendary film, a legendary cast. The president. You have Peter Sellers in those three roles. Lionel Mandrake, President Merkin Muffley. And Dr. Strangelove. George C. Scott is General Buck Turgenson. Sterling Hayden is Brigadier General Jack D. Ripper. Hello. Keenan Wynn as Colonel Batch Gano. Slim Pickens as Major T. King Kong. Peter Bull as Soviet Ambassador Alexei D. Sadisky. James Earl Jones as Lieutenant Lothar Zog. Tracy Reed as Miss Scott. Shane Rimmer as capped A.C. Owens. The multiple roles. Columbia Pictures agreed to finance the film if Peter Sellers played at least four major roles. The conditions stemmed from the studio's option that much of the success of Kubrick's previous film, Lolita, was based on Sellers' performance in which his single character assumes a number of identities. Sellers had also played three roles in The Mouse That Roared. Kubrick attempted, accepted the demand, later explaining that such crass and grotesque stipulations are the syndicate non of the motion picture business. Sellers ended up playing three of the four roles written for him. He had been expected to play Air Force Major T.D. King Kong, the B-2 Stratophysis uh, aircraft commander, but from the beginning, Sellers was reluctant. He felt he, his workload was too heavy. 
any word he would not properly portray the character's Texas accent. Kubrick pleaded with him and he asked the screenwriter Tyler Southern, who had been raised in Texas, to record a tape with Kong's lines spoken in correct accent. Using Southern's tape, Sellers managed to get the accent right and he started acting in the scenes in the aircraft, but has sprained his ankle and he could not work in the cramped cockpit. Sellers is said to have improvised much of the dialogue, with Kubrick incorporating the ad-libs into the written screenplay. So the improvised lines became part of the chronolog screenplay a practice known as retroscripting yeah mm. oh my god this movie according to the film critic alexander walker the author of the biographies of sellers and kubrick the role of group captain lionel mandrake was the easiest of the three roles for sellers to play since he was aided by his experience of mimicking his superiors while serving in the Royal Air Force during World War II. There is also a heavy resemblance to Sellers' friend and occasional co-star, Terry Thomas, as the pro- prosthetic-limbed RAF Sir Douglas Batter. President Merkin Muffley. For his performance as President Merkin Muffley, Sellers assumed the accent of an American Midwesterner. Sellers draw drew inspiration from the role of Adlai Stevenson, a former Illinois governor who was a Democratic candidate from 1952 to 1956's presidential elections and the UN ambassador during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Hello. In early takes, Sellers faked cold symptoms to emphasize the character's apparent weakness. That caused frequent laughter among the film crew. Ruining several takes, Kubrick ultimately found this comic portrayal inappropriate, feeling that Muffley should be a serious character. And later takes Sellers plays this role straight, though the president's cold is still evident in several scenes. In keeping with Kubrick's sacratil character names, a merkin is a a pubic hair wig. (laughs) Oh, God. Pubic hair. The president is bald and his last name is Muffley. Both are additional homages to merkin. Yes. Dr. Strangelove. Is an ex-Nazi scientist suggesting Operation Paperclip, the U.S. effort to recruit top German technical talent at the end of World War II. He serves as a president's monthly scientific advisor in the war room. That's when they're fighting. He's like, gentlemen, don't fight in the war room or this is the war room. Why are you fighting? Uh... He serves as President Muffley's scientific advisor in the war room. When General Turgenson wonders out loud what kind of a name Strangelove is, saying to Mr. Staines, Jack Creeley, that is not a Kraut name. Staines responds that Strangelove's original German surname was Marco Rijabo, Strangelove in German, and that he changed it when he became a citizen. Twice in the film, Strangelove accidentally addresses the president as Monfier. Dr. Strangelove did not appear in the book Red Alert. The character is an amalgamation of R&D corporate strategist Herman Kahn, mathematician and Manhattan Project principal Jean von Neumann, rocket scientist Werner von Braun, a central figure in the Nazi Germany's rocket development program recruited to the U.S. after the war, and Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb. It has been claimed that the character was based on Henry Kissinger, but Kubrick and Sellers denied this. Sellers said Strangelove was never modeled after Kissinger. That's a popular misconception. It was always the Warner van Braun. Furthermore, Henry Kissinger points out in his memoirs that at the time of the writing of Dr. Strangelove, he was a little-known academic the wheelchair using the strange love furthers 
a cubic troop of the menacing, sedated antagonist first depicted in Lolita through the character Dr. Zrapp. Strangelove's accent was influenced by that of an Austrian-American photographer, Ouija, who worked for Kubrick as a special pho- a photographic effects consultant. Strangelove's appearance echoes the mad scientist archetype as seen in the character Rotwald against Fritz Lang's film Metropolis. Seller's Strangelove takes from Rotswang, the single black glove hand, which is Rotwang's case in Botanical because of a lab accident, the wild hair, and the most important, his ability to avoid being controlled by the political power. According to Alexander Walker, Sellers improvised Strangelove's lapse into the Nazi salute, borrowing one of Kubrick's leather gloves for the uncontrollable hand that makes the gesture. Dr. Strangelove apparently suffers from the alien hand syndrome. Kubrick wore the gloves on set to avoid being burned when handling hot lights, and Sellers, recognizing the potential connection to Lang's work, found them to be menacing. And so here we are. Those three characters... So tonight's episode is going to be called Dr. Strangelove, Captain Mandrake, and President Merkin Muffley. As always, unpleasant dreams. Dr. Strangelove, here we go, baby. <laughs> 